This is Keep On Cooking, a podcast for people who love cookbooks and want to know more about the authors. It's also a great place to get a weekly dose of culinary inspiration to keep things pumping in the kitchen. So grab a cookbook and keep on cooking. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the only podcast dedicated to plant based cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he reigns grand supreme. It's my husband and uh, co podcasting cohort. It's David Rossetti, everybody. It is me. It's me. Grand Supreme. He reigns. Y'all, he reigns Grand Supreme. Like at Taco Bell. You I'm, I'm going to be Grand Supreme. I'm going to be Grand Supreme. How you doing today? I'm fine. I'm tired. I'm, I'm I know. stressed. Me too. And, yep. But here we are. But here we are. Actually, this is the least stressful thing of the day. So it's lovely that to be true. here with you and have a, just a Kit Kat break, a vegan Kit Kat break. Is that the one? Give me a break. Is that where they took a break? Was that the idea of that commercial? You'd break off a piece of a Kit Kat and, and a have a break? That's lovely. And life would be fine. Well, speaking of sweet, delicious, uh, yummy treats, you know how much we love desserts here on this podcast. These desserts look amazing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God, we love desserts. Yes, we do. And they do look amazing. I mean, this next guest is no stranger to sweet treats. Her newest book is called The Beginner's Guide to Gluten-Free Vegan Baking. And we are so excited to have Gina Fontana as a return guest on the Mm -hmm. podcast. You can listen to the previous episode she did with us on keep on cooking it's episode 28 featuring her book moon milk 55 plant-based recipes for a good night's sleep do you remember i got a little obsessed with this book for some you period did. of time you really did and we were like having like moon milk like every night every i was night. like let's try this one this because it? it's just so full of like very um functional ingredients mm-hmm. to help you like yeah. chill out and sleep and i, I love my only problem i love the concept of the book and i love the book itself but for me i mean you know me i'm trying to cut liquids off at night. I mean, because I'm 90 years old, but I am. I'm trying to like three hours. Be, but I think it's because I drink so much water during the day that when I get to a certain point, I'm like, okay, I just need to stop so that I don't get up in the middle of the night and don't go to the bathroom a million, like times. a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, but, anyway. But she talks about moon milk and yes. she goes into depth about that and her story in uh, episode 20, uh, 28. Yep. Uh, but for just a little refresher, she uh, has the popular food blog, Healthy Little Vittles. Um, she shares that she's a certified health coach, whole food lover, health enthusiast, creative, and mother of two. Yes. And uh, what is amazing about Gina's story is that she spent a lot of her life dealing with migraines, mood swings, fatigue, and extreme joint pain. She went to many a doctors who had no answers. So she resigned herself to a life of battling these struggles sort of on her own. Yeah. And it was uh, cool. She had, uh, she kind of participated in like a 21 day fast through her church where she kind of had to uh, eat a lot of fruits and veggies and nuts and grains and seeds and just everything and drinking just water. And it soon kind of everything went away or, or it was, it was enough of an impact that she really changed everything. And now uh, her joint pain is like 
completely gone. Yeah, that's right. And migraines non-existent. So check out episode 28 to get more on Gina's plant-powered story there. I adore Gina. I adore her recipes. And her photography is truly stunning and drool-worthy over Mm -hmm. at Healthy Little Vittles. So today she is here to talk about her new book, Beginner's Guide to Gluten-Free Vegan Baking. Please welcome to the pod the ridiculously talented and kind Gina Fontana. She makes the gluten-free and vegan a no-brainer with her approachable recipes and gorgeous photography at HealthyLittleVittles.com. It's the blogstress with the mostest. Please welcome Gina Fontana. Gina, thank you for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're back. We're going to dive right into your icebreaker question. What sitcom family would you most like to join or have joined if it's a previous one? Have joined. This is a good question. Um, Okay. So I grew up, you know, in the nineties, like the Mm -hmm, TGI, mm -hmm. TGIF, you know, so I had, I had to go back to that, you know, and I was like, which which one? And I was like, I think, okay, this might be different. Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, I was like, yeah, unexpected. Does that count? I know it's not like a totally counts. Okay. I think that falls in the sitcom category. I just wasn't it wasn't on my brain thinking of that one. That is I great. Know, right. I was like, that's kind of different. And I was like, how fun would it be just to be like, boop, here's my donut. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I don't absolutely. Know. <laughs> Especially with all the hard work we put into food. If we could just I, be like, I'm thinking of this recipe, let's magically make it appear. Right. I know. I don't know. And I just, I really love that show. It's like magical, but it was like, yeah. you know, it's PG magical. It's not scary. Like, like, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Like, yeah, yeah it's fun. So, I love that. I Mine. Yeah. Um, I would. So I, I thought about this. First of all, when you talked about growing up, then did you watch family matters? Yes. So did you know, and I brought this up, I think once before, I'm just fascinated by sitcoms and how they, things work out with them over seasons. But did you notice one of the daughters disappeared in like season two and then never came back when they got Urkel, the daughter, the youngest daughter the disappeared, daughter disappeared. Oh, you know, and they that, never I mean, talk about it. Yeah. They just were like, maybe people won't notice. <laughs> Isn't that bananas? Anyway, that's not the, my family I'm choosing is actually the Connors. So Roseanne, the Connors, because yes. to me, I was always what. In sitcoms, I always feel we're we're painted in this pretty world with like, you know, a beautiful house and like all and and the Connors I just thought like got to the dirt of a lot of things. And I was mm. like, and it reminded me of my family. I'm like, we're very yeah. direct. We sort of like shout and you know have these fights and stuff. I was like, so I it resonated mm-hmm. with me, you know. We figured yes. it out over time, you know, just like the Connors have, but you know, yeah, that's yeah. how family uh-huh. rules. Yes, that's that's a great one too. Yeah. Well, Gina is the recipe developer, photographer, and certified health coach behind the popular blog, Healthy Little Vittles, where she shares delicious plant-based gluten-free recipes. She's been a guest on Keep On Cooking before, so you can learn all about her and get more a more expansive look into her story if you go and listen to episode 28 of Keep On Cooking. We talk about how she got into vegan, vegan food and gluten-free cooking, in addition to chatting about her first book, which I adore moon milk see if i can hold up a copy here moon milk uh a collection of 55 moon milk recipes and that is of course milk recipes that promote a good night's sleep but today we're here to talk about her newest contribution to the cookbook world and that is the beginner's guide to gluten-free vegan baking 60 easy plant-based desserts for any occasion now gina you make sweet and savory items on your instagram and blog I, i see it all the time you make 
the most delicious things. I saw a roasted, I think roasted Caesar potato salad. Is that yes, right? Yes, oh my yes. gosh. It looked so good. And I, I was sort of drooling over it. And then I saw there's air fried pickles. So you do savory and sweet. What made you go the sweet route for this book? I do. Um, you know, actually I'm I'm more of a savory food person. I love, okay. I love desserts, but the publishers and I wanted to kind of uh, solve a problem, if you will. So it's like, what what's out there or what's kind of newish out there that maybe people are having an issue with? And I was like, yeah. you know, baking gluten-free and vegan is pretty challenging, um, especially in the beginning. So we kind of decided to go that route. Um, and it was, it's so fun to bake, as you know, because you can like get like creative and pretty with it, you know, like decorate yeah. it. And sometimes savory food isn't, you know, pretty, pretty, I guess, like sure, picture pretty, sure. if you will. Um, well, there's so like the decorating just, aspect, right? To like yeah, dessert food. Yeah. I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, thank you for <laughs> trying to, yeah, totally. yeah, so, trying to get it out there, but um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so we decided to go that route because uh, it can be pretty challenging and I've had a lot of a lot of kitchen fails over the years. Sure. Uh, and so just practicing gluten-free and, and vegan together, um, I've learned a lot. And so I kind of wanted to share that knowledge with, with anyone who is interested in that. I love that. And it's interesting too, gluten-free as, as a vegan, when you're out and someone says, well, gluten-free is the same thing. We're always quick to be like, no, it's not the same no. thing. But then while it's not the same thing, there are people that are vegan and gluten-free. So like, yes. it's not to say it doesn't exist where people both need both uh, uh, recipes for that. So I, I'm glad you're tackling it. You're doing an amazing job at it. And the first thing you do right Thank off the you. bat is you address gluten-free flour. I think that's a big question for everyone. Chapter one is recipes that highlight gluten-free flour. Is there a nugget of wisdom you can impart on our listeners uh, in terms of gluten-free flour? Yeah, there are a lot of options now. Um, when I started the gluten-free lifestyle a long time ago, it was like hmm, nothing. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe brown rice flour was out, was out back then. But I mean, now there's, you know, oat flour, there's all-purpose gluten-free flour, there's quinoa flour, there's almond flour. I mean, there's all kinds of different flours and I love to experiment with all of them. And I've kind of come up with like a combination of a few different flowers. Mm -hmm. um, almond flour, cassava flour is another one um, that I really like because it's also grain free. Yeah. Um, and coconut flour. So those like all together for me, um, I've, I've found there's a lot of recipes in my book that use that. Uh, they, they create like the softest texture. Okay. Almost. All right. Yeah. A lot of it's just experimenting. Um, you definitely don't want to like mix them too much. Uh, the flowers because like mix they, different just, ones it, together oh well um uh, or know, like over like, like like stirring yeah over mix it because it, ah, it okay. a little, yeah it loses i don't know i don't know the like the science behind it but it loses sure. some of that like airiness i guess i'm so okay. glad you're saying that because sometimes when i'm working with gluten with you know with with um gluten flour you don't want to over mix it because of the gluten that's in it yeah, right and you don't yeah. want it to become tough and and chewy and all of that but so i always thought with gluten-free flour i was like i can mix away yes, everything's yes, fine yes. so that's so interesting to hear that how do you feel about the all-purpose blends like the one-to-one -one baking flour i i love them so that's like that's a great option like if you don't want to buy like you know five different flours um sure or if you can't find those flours um you know, in your local grocery stores. So those are great. Um, 
I have a couple of my favorites. I don't know. Yeah, I'm please bought. tell okay, us. Okay. Yeah. So uh, my favorite one-to-one baking gluten-free flour is uh, Bob Bre- Bob's Red Mill. It's so great. It's it's like per it's like it's like fail it's like fail proof. I use it. Yeah. Like in a quick a quick pinch. Like I just grab it. I don't have to mix it like yep. in any proportion amounts. I just throw it in there and it's great. Yeah, I love that one too. And I feel like with that one, I've been able to if I see a recipe that has gluten and I want to easily make it gluten-free. I'm able to use that usually. And for the most part, I've had great results with it. Yes, that one's a good one. I think people also have to set, you know, a gluten-free flour is a gluten-free flour. It's not flour, right? So sometimes results are like a little different, but I think still delicious sometimes, you know? So it's it's just also like knowing what you're working with and setting your expectations appropriately, I think as well, you know? Yes. Well, um, yeah. what's your most commonly used gluten-free flour if it's not the one-to-one uh, baking ones? I actually really like Casaba flour. I've been experimenting more with the grain-free baking too. Um, I think I'm saying that right, Casaba, right? Yeah, Casaba, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Casaba. There you go. That, that's how you say it. Okay. Well, I um, may be wrong. Who knows? We're close. Yeah. I think we're close. We're saying like the same thing. There's sure, like whatever. one little, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> potato, potato, you know. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, but I really like that one. That one can be a little bit challenging, Bo, because I've, I've had some people who've made my recipes and have said like, this flour didn't work. It was like really soupy and runny. So you have to be very careful with that one, which brand you buy. Okay. Um, again, um, I found an article online about, about it. Um, like not all Casaba flowers are created equally. Ah, of um, course. Yeah. But my favorite again is is the Bob's Red Mill. Um they yeah. have a, they have a for great... the cassava as well. Yes. Great. Yep. Yeah. Bob's Red Mill. I'm telling you. Bob's Red Mill. Hey. Got some great products on there. <laughs> I I have had the pleasure of meeting Bob, let me tell you. At you have... uh, Natural Expo West, he was they, you know, they have all the booths and everything. He was leading a parade around the conference center. It was very on brand. And then he was like signing books and everything. So a couple of us went up and said hi to him. He was he was very kind, but it was very funny that he was leading a parade. Like he's so cute, dude. You're leading a parade, and it, it's Bob. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, well, we have tahini chocolate chip skillet cookie in this chapter. Grain free vanilla cupcakes with strawberry frosting. I think that's our photo on the cover, right? Is that what we're featuring it on is. the cover as well? Yep. That so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We've got Thank banana you. cake, ginger peach galettes, and these apple butter whoopie pies look out of this world. Say someone just gets this book. Of course, I feel like they're going to go. There's a reason this is chapter one. Everyone's always questioning the flowers, right? So if they go right to this gluten-free flowers chapter, what's a recipe from this chapter that they should make first? Oh, goodness. Let me do a little peek through and see which Flip one's Flip it like. on open. It's yeah. been a minute. Listen, we've been trying to get Gina on the podcast and align schedules. This book's been out for a good it's, a year now, right? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's yeah, been so a minute. You've got to take a look back and see. You've created probably hundreds of recipes since. I have. And these are all, well, okay, there's a handful that are on my blog, but these were all new created just right. for the book. So, um, you got to okay, jog honestly, your memory. Honestly, I, I just have to go with these cupcakes. They're beautiful. They're, I, they're good frosting is strawberry who doesn't like strawberry frosting and yeah they're just light and fluffy yeah they're definitely definitely one of my favorites and how do you make the frosting in here i'm sure we get to this you've got a chapter that has some frostings in it but is what are the ingredients in the strawberry frosting yeah so i use um vegan butter okay and vegan shortening um okay kind of I find the shortening okay and i know you're the baking kind of sort here but um i find it like (laughs) 
Yes, I'm not. Yes, I'm you, not yes, you. Yes, yeah. Um, I find it like I play one on TV. <laughs> no, no. Um, I feel like it stabilizes the frosting better. And I don't know if it's mm, uh, yeah. yeah, like I don't know if it's like a vegan butter issue or like a, a regular honestly, okay. I didn't I didn't bake much prior to my gluten-free vegan baking life this is amazing to me you, you dove into this so wonderfully so it's like it's been like a big just like science experiment you know so it's the butter and the shortening and then do you have fresh strawberries in there as well or how are we getting the strawberry in there i did use fresh strawberries Delicious. Um, you could use you could yeah so it makes it a little bit runnier too but um okay. you could just add more powdered sugar confectioner sugar whatever you call it um right. to, to kind of stiffen it up a little bit um, or you could use strawberry powder. I have, I've used that too, but okay. I always try to opt for like just natural, fresh. Yeah, put the fresh in there. I get it. I yeah. love having those. Um, I've got beetroot powder usually on hand because what happens is I usually get it for one recipe and then I've got like a little bit of it that lasts a long time. But like, I love okay. those powders just playing with those. I've had raspberry on hand and I'll, I'll be like making something. I'll be like, oh, let me just dust this with some raspberry powder. Yeah, so like, those powders are, are fun to have on hand. They are. They add like a pop of color and it's yeah. not artificial food dyes. So I like exactly, them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the next chapter is called Now That's Sweet, a chapter focused on natural sweeteners. So I've been in the very gradual process uh, over 10 years now of switching over to almost only natural sweeteners. I, I eat them all. So I'm not saying I only do natural sweeteners, but it started for me in culinary school. I went to a health supportive culinary school. And in that, it, it's become it just became my knowledge when I was like baking then. Right. And I have gone away from that. I've gone back to it. I've done all the, you know, I've gone back and forth with it. And I think mostly I'm a maple syrup guy, but what about you? Is there a natural sweetener that you prefer when you're baking? Yeah. Maple syrup is definitely my go-to. Um, <laughs> we go through so much maple syrup in my house. It's crazy, but we just, um, yeah, I that just is put a dug up in the cupboard behind me. I just put this huge, and it's like the I other know, one is still half like full. And I'm like, no, but that'll be gone soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I know. It can't be on maple syrup. No, that's like, a, no, that's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Catastrophe at my house. So um, uh, I, I love maple syrup. And also, I like to put it in recipes because I feel like that's most accessible to everyone. It is. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, it's most available. I mean, and we're talking like the pure maple syrup, not like the... Exactly, everyone. You're yeah, not getting yeah. the pancake syrup. We're getting pure no maple syrup. syrup. Yeah, pure maple syrup. Mm, yeah, um, no yeah. pancake syrup. Splurge that extra four bucks, three bucks, whatever it is, yes. and get yourself some pure maple syrup. Yes, absolutely. Um, You'll never look back. Well, we have to talk about these white chocolate peanut butter cups in here. This photo. I... This book has opened several because I've thumbed. It's a gorgeous book, and I've thumbed through it several times since I've had it. And um, I think I made the scones from here as well. But what, it flips open to just that peanut butter cup page sometimes, and I'm like, I can't make these because I'm not going to give them to anyone. I'm literally just going to eat them all by myself. They look so <laughs> yummy. I do need to make them like you know one once upon a time or or not once upon a time, but in the future, hopefully the dinner parties again and stuff. I'll. I'll make some peanut butter cups I for know. people, but they just look so decadent and delicious. I want a bite. Tell us about them. They're so good. So these, um, this is interesting. So back when I made these white vegan white chocolate was not very prevalent or yeah. I couldn't find a good one. Um, I since... still have trouble finding a good one. Have really? you found one you like? I do. I like the enjoy life brand. Have oh, that's you... right. I've only had yeah. it one time. Yes. They have yes. one now. They're yeah. wonderful. I think they're, um, 
they're, they're on the higher end of sh- in sugar, I think, but, sure. but they're the best replacement I think I've found for like regular white chocolate. Um, so when I wrote this book, they, I don't think it was, that was out yet. No, so it wasn't, I kind yeah. of made my own white chocolate ish stuff. Um, so I used like coconut cream, coconut butter, um, and then maple syrup to sweeten it. Yeah. And coconut kind of lightened it, harden it a little bit. Um, and so, uh, basically it's, it's, so they're good fats in there too. So I, I like, I like that because it's not like a, a processed f- food, not that in the enjoy life chocolate chips are bad or anything, but, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a good way to get some of those like good coconut fats in your diet. Basically. Well, and I also think that it's um, with the white chocolate, cause it's interesting. You said that and I was like, Oh yeah, I have had that. But like, I remember I had to order it. I couldn't, I can't find that anywhere. At least for me, I can't find it anywhere yet. So it is nice to have these options right. where it's made from items I can get at the grocery store. Yes. I think I do buy mine on Amazon. Um, I don't yeah. think I've, I think I've seen it maybe in one grocery store, the enjoy like yeah. chocolate chips, but, but yeah, so it's kind of fun to like make your own. You just kind of mix them all together and, and put them in the little molds and they do melt a little bit quicker, I think, than sure. uh, like the chocolate chips would. But, um, but I mean, who cares? As I said, all <laughs> shove, the more reasons to shove eat it them in quickly. There. Like, I know, just shove it in yep. there. And, yeah. <laughs> yep. Move right along and just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Uh, well, we've got some other beautiful items in here. Apricot pie pops, a pie as a pop. Gina, explain yes. yourself. Oh my gosh. That's like the inner kid in me, right? Like the, my kids loved those. I decided to come up with those not only because they're super fun, but also because um, gluten-free pie crust is a little bit hard to yeah handle you know mm-hmm. you don't roll it out and just have a nice smooth thing that you move over to your your pie right. plate right like right so you gotta piece piece it together and just you know yes. press it in there but um, yeah so i thought that this would be a really good like alternative because you roll it out and then you cut it with like the cookie cutters yep um and then you kind of just remove all of the other dough from from there and then you put fill it and then yeah so it was just a lot easier it's fun it's it's different it's got the little jelly in the middle it's I don't yep. know, it's fun. So. Apricot's always a nice surprise to me too. I'm always like, oh yes, apricot. I do oh, want yeah, that. I know. <laughs> I always forget about apricot too. And I was like trying to get different yeah. flavors for my book. And I was like, apricot. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure. It's a good yeah. one. Well, other items to mention in here, my friends, she's got baked chocolate ganache cheesecake, creamsicle tart, chocolate cocoa crunch bars, coconut macaroons, strawberry banana beet nice cream, and even a citrus poppy seed loaf cake. I'm here for all of that. And with all natural sweeteners, I love that so much. Uh, And I will say, I mentioned it's been a gradual process for me uh, with natural sugars, because like most kids in America, I grew up eating all of the refined sugar in the world. Um, And now when I have something with refined sugar in it, (laughs) woo! like you can notice you're like well that is a drug that's straight up a drug like and and then you have like a crash (laughs) from it and everything you're like oh my gosh what did I do to myself did you grow up on Mm -hmm. refined sugar as well I did uh and I'm not sure how how I made it but (laughs) I, I can always tell too because my kids they eat mostly refined sugar free. I mean, cause they eat what I make at home, but sure, yeah. now that my, my son's in school, you know, they give yeah. him candy at school and he comes home like, yep. I'm like, did you have yeah. sugar today? I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yep. It's crazy. But yes, I did. It's I did. crazy. 
I never know. I never noticed it until I started to cut it out more. Right. And then yeah. suddenly you're like, when you, ha- it's, 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 it's a pretty substantial difference really when it you're really is. paying attention to it. It really um, is. Well, chapter three is hold the dairy and the butter with items that are usually heavily based in dairy and butter, like salted caramel fudge, a Twix tart. So I'm assuming that's a tart in the style of a Twix bar, right? Yes. Come on. Funfetti mm-hmm. sugar cookies and boozy chocolate truffles. What's an item for you in this chapter that you knew had to be in this chapter when you started writing this book? Actually, the Twix tart as a recipe on my blog. Um, and I got such good, uh, like, reviews on it and plus yeah. it's like one of one it's one of our family favorites like I mean, every time we make it we're always like mm, it's so good i mean who doesn't like chocolate and caramel on a yeah. shortbread crust it's so good yeah so oh. that that was definitely one that had to go in this in this one so yummy yeah. i mean just also you see twix i mean there's gonna come a day where twix comes out with a vegan it's all happening we got reese's peanut butter cups that are vegan now and i think there's something else but like oh kit kat has a vegan version i haven't had it i think it's only available in the uk i don't know but um you know we're twix will, it will happen but at the same time it's gonna happen with all that refined sugar so I, does this one have this one might as well because i know you don't completely go without no, it. No, I th- I think this one is made um if I if I'm not mistaken with maple syrup too. If I can do maple syrup, I I do it. Um I love that. The only thing that I've honestly have really had an issue with with um figuring out how to cut out the refined sugar is is mm-hmm. frosting. Yeah. Like me too. With, I know with the powdered sugar and I've I've tried it with what have I tried it with? I tried it with something and I was like, "Mm, yeah, it's just well, and also uh, sugar allows you with frosting. It's forgiving, right? If you need to stiffen it up a little, you yes. can add a little. So it gives you sort of that room to play with it, yes. um, and the butter and the shortening, like those elements, help you just be able to be a little bit more malleable with it. Um, where there's things like, I mean, I've been, I, I work with the physicians committee now, so I do all this like work on trying to come up. I'm using maple syrup and everything. Like I've done these crumbles that I do with maple syrup now and everything. They're delicious. Yeah. But I'm working on a cake right now specifically, and I just got to the frosting part and i was like i don't know know what to do here and it's like we we run the balance of like trying to make it very accessible to people but also make it healthy but also not make it like weird so and i say weird like in the most loving best way because to me it's not weird right it would be to to the outside eye who's maybe just exploring veganism and they're going to be like black bean sweet potato frosting what is this you know what i mean and i'm just like oh it's what i want though and so it's a it's a tricky balance with all that sugar is one of the hard ones i just went on a tangent anyway it is no that's great i just had a weird (laughs) recipe fail yesterday so i feel you You feel me? I am stuck on this chocolate frosting. I'm telling you, I like, I did all this work on all these recipes yesterday. And then I got to, it was the last one. It was the end of the day. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I need to do a chocolate frosting. And I just want to do something that's not the powdered sugar, but I couldn't, I can't think. Have you, what, what have, have you found any great substitutes that you work with? Are you, you pretty much turned to the which that's great if you do, because I'm in the same boat. I'm just wondering if there's anything. Yep, like, I just oh, turned to the good. sugar. No. I mean, hey, <laughs> I just turned to the- <laughs> it's still um, a um, step in the in the uh, healthier direction, because usually the inside under the frosting is not having the refined sugar. Yeah, so it's healthier. Kind of half so of it out. I know. That's what I tell myself, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, we'll good. get there. We'll, we'll get figure there. it out. 
you know, there's those sugar replacements. I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. Like the, what is it? The urethal or allulose yeah, or whatever. We've got that and we've got monk and we've got stevia monk. Yeah. Uh, sweetener actually does a confectioner version of it. It's so expensive though. And it yeah. goes just like that. Like, it's just like you use a little bit, it's gone. You're like, so I can get like a cup of frosting out of this. Like, yeah. what? you know, <laughs> I can frost uh, one, one cupcake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, there goes that 13. $13, yeah. $13 cupcake. $20 cupcake. Yeah. My gosh. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's uh, another recipe in here. We've got brown butter caramel popcorn. Can you tell me about that, please? I'm a popcorn fanatic, so I'm curious what how this one works out. So this is this is really good, too. So the key to making the popcorn not, like, soggy, basically, yeah. you want popcorn crunchy, right? So right. you have to just, like, toss it in there real quick, and then you just spread it out on a baking sheet, and then you bake it to, like, crisp it up. And oh, that's really great. Good. The caramel is super easy to make. Um, also naturally sweetened. So yes, um, my, my kids actually asked me to make that again for them the other day. And I just like I make I make recipes and then I forget forget about them because I'm always in recipe making mode, you know, so, so it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And then when they ask you to make something, you're kind of like, I really want to, but I have seven other things on the to-do list in terms of recipes, but I love that you love it. And we will yes. make this happen for you, <laughs> but you got to rearrange your brain a little yep. bit and be like, okay, we're looping this one. It's a request. I feel great. It got requested again. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Uh -huh. But I love that. I love that. They love it. That's so good. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Sounds like a winner to me. And our next chapter is called Achieving the Perfect Batter, Batter-Based Recipes. This seems like a chapter that's full of great items to take to a party, maybe. What is something someone should make from this chapter that would be a crowd pleaser at a party? So I have made these flourless fudgy brownies and brought them to a party mm. uh, to a group of quote unquote normal eaters. Ah, air <laughs> yeah. quotes, come on. Yeah. And I think, I think they like them. So that, that sounds a good one. It's a super easy recipe as well. Um, these turtle thumbprint cookies are really good. That's actually a family recipe that I converted to be gluten-free and vegan. Um, Perfect. You can, you can fill them. Um, if you don't want to do the caramel, you can fill them with jam to like just make it easier. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The carrot cake is good. I love a good thumbprint cookie. Um, the uh, And the turtle thumbprint, that's like a nice little take on it. I love it too. And you've got cinnamon churro cupcakes in here, cinnamon roll yeah. cookies, and grain-free blueberry scones. I did make the scones. I love the scones. I got I made the scones oh, right good. when I first got the book. Uh, and the next chapter we have, I think most listeners would think to be the most difficult chapter in a baking book, easy egg swaps recipes that traditionally easy rely eggs. on eggs yeah what have you found to be your favorite yes. egg swap um i like to use the flax eggs i think the most me too the key though yeah that's my favorite we're, 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 um, you and, and i should be bacon together we should let's get we align we align yeah make some make some magic like sabrina um yeah exactly <laughs> um, exactly we also add some fiber which is wonderful yes. because we are lacking so much fiber in this country in our diets. Yep. So mm -hmm. that's like a sneaky way to get it in some desserts, yep. you know, I love that. Um, that one's probably my favorite. I did find though, when I was making this book, um, I think specifically with the biscotti, uh, if you will, um, yes. that, yeah, that's my Italian heritage coming through, but, um, <laughs> um, and so when I was making those, I was like, man, I just can't, I just can't get this, Right. So yeah. I, I called my dad over and we, we made this recipe like three or four times. And I love that. I was like, okay, I think we really just need to like 
like multiply the eggs by like a lot. So I think yeah. I ended up using like five, five flax eggs or something in there as opposed to like two regular eggs. So you do need to use quite a bit more flax, but it does work. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, that's, that's by far my favorite. I use that <laughs> most times for an egg replacement. Yeah, I do too. I always feel like also, again, because it's one of those accessible items, like, it, and, and once people get familiar with it, they're like, oh, I've got flax on hand, I can just use that. So it, it is a really great replace, replacement. When we're looking at egg replacements and recipes, you just said that one, you know, you had your dad come over and help you. Um, is there a particular one in this chapter that you really had to tussle with it to get it to the finish line? Honestly, that one, that one was probably, that was it. That was... Okay. Also these, the grain-free lemon bars were a little tricky yeah. too. Yeah. Those were a little tricky um, to get the, like the filling, like the lemon filling consistency, the yep. right. So that one was a little tricky. I think I made that one a couple times too. I ended up using a banana. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the filling in that one. So a little bit different, but it worked. Um, yeah, actually, so, that yeah, sounds so. delicious. A little bit of banana and the lemon there. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, and I feel like those lemon bars, it's so funny. Um, you know, that recipe, a timeless lemon bar is a timeless classic, right? But like, yeah. I think people have been making them for years. And to me, I'm always, when someone makes them, I'm like, oh my gosh, it just seems so easy. And the couple of times I've made my own variations, I they were not easy because you're trying to find that gelatinous sort of texture there, right? Yes. And you're trying to sort of reinvent the wheel and you're like, well, this isn't working. And I thought this was going to be so easy because everyone else has made it look so easy. I, I, um, <laughs> but once you find the answer to it, it is easy then. Like there, it's an easy recipe to execute, but it's figuring out the sort of new way to do it is always a little tricky, I feel. Yeah, and I think with lemon bars too, it's a little tricky, you know, because obviously they're they're vegan, right? And so they're right. gonna they're gonna have a bit of a different texture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they are they are a little bit non traditional, if you will, but they're yeah. still delicious. They're lemon bars. They have to be delicious. That's that's they're the end game. Bars. I I know they're mm -hmm. delicious. And we've got some other great recipes in here, like custard bread pudding, uh, vegan marshmallows, even cinnamon sugar creme brulee, decadent chocolate mousse, and pecan pie cookie cups. Do your kids have a favorite from this chapter? Um, of course, every kid loves marshmallows, right? Yeah, so, yes, they love the marshmallows. Um, Very good. And they're soup. They're so fun. Like. I, I don't I just love watching that aquafaba just like whip up and stiffen. It's just yeah. so it's just magical. I don't know. So that's a fun yeah. recipe. I haven't done a ton with aquafaba. I've made a couple recipes, but every time I do, the couple things I've made, I've enjoyed working with it. I, and it is magical when you're watching it just fluff up in the the uh, uh, kitchen stand uh, mixer. Yeah. You're like, oh, look at that go! And suddenly it's like five times in size. You're like, what just happened? I know what just happened. Yeah. I'm like, who? figured this out yeah yeah who <laughs> did figure that I'm out gonna, i'm sure we can find out i'm like I'm like who's just like hmm i'm gonna whip up this you know chickpea brine and see what happens <laughs> i'm um i'm writing it down now who figured out aquafaba it's gotta be on the internet somewhere i'm sure someone claims the rights to figuring that out <laughs> 
Well, a chapter that speaks right to me. I know, right? Uh, This next chapter speaks right to me. It's the no oven needed chapter featuring no bake treats. I love these mix and then set it and forget it. In most cases, great stuff like mini key lime pies, pumpkin cheesecake bars, peanut butter cup bars, and coconut peppermint patties. Everybody. What's a favorite for you from this chapter? Oh, I've definitely got to go with these, these peanuts, the peanut butter cup bars. Um, they're so good. They're like so good. They're so easy to make. That was a recipe that was on my blog first. And I was like, I just have to put this in this book because they're so good. I mean, chocolate and peanut butter is just a classic. Yep. Yeah, it is a classic. You, you, you rarely can use with lose with the combo of chocolate and peanut butter. So I think that's a a wise choice. Yes. Uh, This next chapter is called power to the powders. Tell our listeners here what you're referring to when you say that. In my baking, baking um, dye-free, you know, no artificial colors. So there are so many superfood powders out there now that you can use, like the beetroot, like we talked right. about, or straw, strawberry, you know, uh, matcha powder is another one that I use a lot. Um, and I, so I, my, my thought behind this chapter was to, to help people kind of cut out those artificial colorings if they can, yeah. right? Um, and, and just go for a more, a more natural substitute i love that i love that and we've got great things in here like raspberry jello salted cinnamon hot cocoa death by chocolate mug cake gina let me tell you how i love a mug cake i love a mug cake so much too oh and it looks absolutely delicious and the thing about a mug cake everybody for me most everyone will sit at home and be like oh, I feel like cake. And they'll be like, oh, that's too much work. I'm not going to make for me. I'll be like, oh, well, then I'll make a cake. Like it is one of the downfalls <laughs> of being in this profession, as I'm sure you can attest to. Like you're just yeah. like, oh, well, then I'll just make like it's not a big burden to you. You're kind of like, well, I'll just get in the kitchen and make a cake then. So now if I feel like cake when there is a mug cake recipe I can turn to. I'm very grateful for it because then I do not have an entire cake sitting in my home. Yes, that and like it's just like boop. Boop, like you just whipped it, yeah. put it in the microwave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you're done. So easy. Yeah. yeah. So easy. Mm-hmm. One and done. Well, tell us about the oatmeal matcha ice cream sandwiches. Oh, yes. Those are good. So, those, the the cookies, the oatmeal cookies, um, I actually um, used the recipe from the thumbprint cookies. It's, so, it's a family recipe, right. and I just made them into larger cookies. And then, Perfect. yep. And then, um, made the home homemade matcha ice cream which is made just with coconut milk and matcha powder and is of course is naturally sweetened again with maple syrup yes. yep and you know you just like whip it all together you freeze it and then you the key to making um vegan ice cream like that extra creamy almost like soft serve is like you make it you freeze it in like little ice cubes or like s- smaller cubes okay and, and then you blend that again after it's frozen yeah that's that's the key and it makes it extra like creamy and soft it's really good that's how if i make like the homemade ice cream that's i think i have chocolate and vanilla in my book as well but that's how you make it oh that's you make it you yeah you freeze it in those little cubes having a high quality blender is a must for those obviously but yeah um, i mean other than that it's super simple a high quality blender, for, which is cool. When we talk about high quality blenders, actually, I will say on the market, they're getting better and better. Of course, I'm a Vitamix fan through and through. Someone, when I first started on my culinary path, someone talked me into buying a Blendtec. 
and I was angry for about three years. I was like, <laughs> why did I listen to this person? Um, J. Elaine Marcos, I'm talking to you if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, she knows. I razz her all the time. It's going to be fine. Um, but uh, I, a Vitamix to me is a key to making some really delicious things. Um, of course, there's great mar- blenders on the market now is what I was saying. Like I work sometimes when I'm on the road, I travel like one of the ninja ones with me and those do a really good job as well. So there's different ones that are at a lower price point now, but a high quality blender, everybody, I can't recommend it enough. And I love this little tip on the ice cream. That's so genius. Uh, last but not least, we have dessert swap staples. So this is where I was talking about frosting earlier, but we've got frosting, sauces, ganaches. Are there a couple go-to items in this chapter for you? Something that you like to have on hand at the ready, something that's sort of always maybe around for you. This caramel sauce, I mean, vegan caramel, when I, when I kind of, when I've first discovered vegan caramel sauce uh, from Pinch of Young, actually, uh, I did and I was like, this is amazing, but sometimes almonds bother me. So I wanted to develop a recipe that was more allergy friendly. And so oh, I, I use, yeah, I use sunflower seed butter a lot. Um, me too. And so that's how I love I make, it. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's wonderful in baking. That's a good kind of like egg replacement too, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I use it in a, yeah, I use it in a lot of my recipes, but, um, so this is, it's a good allergy for, it's super easy to make. Um, just kind of whip together. It lasts for a little while. You can put it on anything you want really. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, it's naturally sweetened, you know, so there's, um, there's no refined sugars in there. Yeah. I don't know, it's great. It's great. So that's probably yeah. one that, that I make a lot. That makes sense. I love me some sunflower butter. Everybody, if you're not into it yet, get into it. Mm-hmm. It is so yummy and delicious and allergen friendly. Like you said, yes. uh, that's great. Is there another staple maybe you keep on hand from here? Um, in the summer, probably the ice creams, um, that we Ah, mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, And you can, you can make them ahead of time and keep them like frozen in those little ice cube trays. Ready to go. Ready to go in a flash. Well, that's the book. Listen, when we're looking at this book, what's your book brag? Something you're most proud of when it comes to the beginner's guide to gluten-free baking. Something I'm proud of, you know, it's very challenging to write a book, as you know, in a little, a short little time, add and vegan together on top of that, you know, there's a lot of recipe development that goes into it. A lot of fails, a lot of um, tweaks and just, just to make it the best it can be. So I I'm very proud that I was able to come up with 60 recipes that are hopefully delicious and easy for people to make um, in in such a short little time. So yeah, I I'm, uh, I, that's a good book, Brad, because I'm proud of you for that too. You are dealing with, um, this is a category in which people get very scared of um, because they, and people need it. There's people with celiac who really need it. You know, it, it yeah. is an important topic um, and an important category, uh, baking and gluten-free. Uh, so for you to really put the work in and, and do the research and do the test fails for everybody to come yeah. up with a great recipe at the end that's foolproof. I think that's a, a great book brag to have. So congratulations. It's a fantastic book. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Are you ready for your rapid fire round of questions? Oh, boy. Okay. Water. All right. She's in the hot seat again. Okay. She, she came back for more. Here we go. What is the last item not from this book that you baked? The last item you baked? Oh, I don't want to tell you that. 
<laughs> I made it yesterday. It, it was terrible. It went straight in my garbage. <laughs> well, we'll just call uh, it a garbage cookie then. Yeah, garbage good. Uh, okay. Garbage something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she says, skip pass. She's passing. Uh, might be the first guest ever to pass, and I'm going to allow it. That's fine because you gave us some context. So I'm, I'm here it for it. It was literally yesterday. So, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to forget it. Don't ask me that. <laughs> Don't uh, ask me. What's your favorite cookie ever? Favorite cookie ever? Oh, gosh. Mm. Okay, so I really like, I, I, I made these flourless um, chocolate chip tahini cookies. Yes. You sprinkle them with sea salt. Yes. So good. Those have yeah. to be probably my favorite. So. I'm really loving tahini in baked goods. And yes. I'm I'm I have another author on another episode that I'm about to talk to. And I was going through his book, and there's like these tahini salted brown, like in the pictures, just like this tahini swirl Ooh. over the top. So oh, I'm feeling yeah. you with that tahini chocolate chip yes. cookie to try it sounds big so good. fan of tahini mm-hmm. well i'm going to switch you to the savory side here if you could make a vegan taco right now what would you put on it a vegan taco um hmm. <laughs> sorry it takes me so long to think of these no, that's things. all right um, so it's supposed to be rapid fire <laughs> um okay so i think i mean <laughs> my brain doesn't work that fast you know okay so we'll go at uh, your speed I, it's fine okay you can <laughs> cut it out um <laughs> I think I just go with a traditional taco, you yeah. know, you know, the plant, the plant-based meat, the lettuce, the, the tomatoes, it. the guacamole, maybe a dollop of, uh, I've been really into, um, like coconut yogurt, just putting a dollop of yeah. yogurt on there and that, I'm good. I'm That's good with delicious. a classic taco. I love a classic taco too. Give me a, 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 a taco night, any night with just the classic fixings. I'm here for it. Yeah, we do uh, that with our kids like weekly because it's so and I'm sure they weird, love it, right? They do. They love tacos. So yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite whisk? A favorite whisk? Hmm. I don't. I don't really have a favorite whisk. Okay, it's um, just me then. I think I play favorites with my whisk. <laughs> and if I can't find my favorite one, I'm like, oh, I guess I have to use this one. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so okay, I will. <laughs> I will say I like the I like the the like the rubber whisks better okay, than the okay. metal ones. I mean, hey, that's that's some favoritism towards a whisk over the other ones. I hear you. Okay. Uh, do you lick the spoon when you make a delicious batter? Maybe. Uh, I do, but then of course my kids are like, I want to lick the spoon. Yep. <laughs> of course. So here I take a lick, and then it's theirs. Yep. Yep. Uh, you're at a restaurant and a server asks you how spicy you want your food on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the spiciest. What's your number? Oh, like zero. She's a zero <laughs> spice, zero spice. Okay. I'll go with a one. Just it's okay. Just okay. A little, Give a little something, a little, a little pop. All right, yeah. I am right. not a spicy. Ooh, I'm a big wuss when it comes to spicy. So t- sp- I hear tacos, they are no spicy tacos. <laughs> you're like the mildest. Let's just put mildest, tomatoes on it. No yes, hot salsa. No, yep. I got you. I got you. Uh, favorite pasta shape? Oh, I like shells. Got to go with the shells. I love me some shells. Yeah. Uh, favorite preparation of a potato? Oh, gosh, I like potatoes. Honestly, my favorite has been roasted, like in that roasted Caesar. Just chop them, oh. put some olive oil on there, sprinkle them with salt, and pop them in the oven. And they're crunchy on the outside. Yes. They're like 
soft on the inside. Yeah, they're and good. for any meal, you can do it for breakfast. Yes. You can have it for lunch on a salad in a burrito. You can have it for dinner as yeah. like a, a side dish. You can potatoes are magical. I just love them. Potatoes. Maybe I'll make some potato tacos. Hey, you can use them in tacos. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what's your favorite spice to cook with? Favorite spice. Ooh. Hmm. I know we talked about cinnamon last in our last uh, time together. Um, Ooh, was it a I, question I had for you before? Probably I asked this one a lot. So it was cinnamon. No, before. I don't No, I think, I think, I think you asked me what my favorite like spice was all together, but like favorite gotcha. spice to, to cook with, I guess I'll take okay, So I'll pick a savory one. All right. Um, I really like smoked paprika lately. I've been, me I've too. been, yeah, I've been adding that to a lot of my recipes it just gives it yeah. like a tiny tiny like that number one little kick you know not a 10 yeah. sometimes <laughs> um, when you're like missing something too you're like oh maybe a little smoked paprika and yeah that's the trick so i get yeah. that one mm-hmm. what's a place uh you would most like to visit on your dream list oh i want to i was just talking to my husband about this um i really really want to go to sicily I'm from there. my grandparents are from there and i really want to see like where they're from and italian food is mm, so good like so good so good good. we uh yeah we filmed an episode of the vegan roadie in sicily it was magical it's the first one we filmed yeah and my husband has uh you know ancestors from sicily so we were kind of walking around checking things out and seeing it all so it was cool i i you will get to go i can't wait for you and i can't wait to see uh pictures from it because i'm sure you'll give us a little glimpse online i hope uh what's something in your morning routine you can't live without so i had to I had to give up coffee, sadly. Um, I know. It just was not jiving with my body. So it took me a very long time to let it go. Um, But I I just really crave that morning, just like sit down time to enjoy like a a cup of whatever. So that's like a morning ritual I have. I don't have very long in the morning before I have to get my kids ready for school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Living that parent life. Yeah, that parent life. I grind. Um, But I just like to sit down and have something warm to start my day. So I usually do like a dandelion tea with a little bit of creamer okay. in there. Um, nice. It tastes Delicious. a little bit like coffee or I'll do Capomo. I don't know if you've heard of Capomo. Uh-uh, I have not. It tastes just like coffee. It's so good. I got my husband hooked on it too, but it's made okay. from, it's made from a Maya nut. Um, very interesting. They grind it and then you make it like coffee and like the drip. What's a Maya nut? I don't know. It comes, uh, it's from like Brazil, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. I'm always I, I curious about these things. I think I need to like decrease my coffee intake. So I'm always curious of options I might have. Yeah, good one. There's a blog post on it. I talk all about it um, yes. on my blog. It's uh, oh, good. yeah. So okay. All right. anyways, that's the, yeah, that's the morning ritual. Mm-hmm. Great. What's a baked dessert item you can make without looking at a recipe? Mug cake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, mug cake. So easy. <laughs> mug cake. <laughs> mug so it, it, so easy. Short list of ingredients. Good to go. Done and done. Yeah. And done. your last one, morning person or night owl? Oh, boy. Ooh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would just prefer to sleep, please, and thank you. I just, yes, just sleep. I pr- okay, so I prefer morning. I feel like sure. I do my best work in the morning. I have the most energy in the morning. Throughout the day, you know, they kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes down yeah. by like 7 p.m., 7.30 when my kids start bath time, I'm like, who I am ready and yep. done for the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I would say morning, but I don't get up at 
five. morning but maybe it depends on the yeah you're like i'm not up before the sun but like morning <laughs> no, yeah. Yes. yeah 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 it depends yeah. on the day maybe though too yeah, you have uh-huh. going on. yeah well that's great you did it please tell everyone where they can follow you on the internet and on uh instagram or social media handles on instagram at healthy little vittles uh, my blog is healthy uh, i'm also on pinterest i'm on twitter i don't really go on twitter very often um i don't either what else? it's there but i don't yeah. use it yeah no right. i don't really either uh, i'm on facebook great those are the big ones so oh and i'm also on youtube i'm starting a new youtube channel i'm trying Great. So, uh, yeah, I would love if you follow me over there. There will be some different stuff on YouTube than there will be on Instagram. So hopefully okay. that's a bit of an incentive for people to pop on so over there. Looking for healthy little vittles across the board, essentially, even on YouTube, right? Yes. Healthy little vittles. I love it. Of course, yeah. everyone, you can buy the beginner's guide to gluten-free bake, gluten-free vegan baking, 60 easy plant-based desserts for any occasion, everywhere books are sold. Gina, thank you so much for being a guest again. It was so nice to have you back. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so, so, so grateful for this opportunity. And um, yeah, thank you. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>